the Dragonlance Nexus is proud to present the Dragonlance Canticle. Greetings, friends and fellow companions, and welcome back to another timely, exciting episode of the Dragonlance Canticle. I'm Trampus Whiteman. I've been spell jamming across the multiverse, boldly going forward because I don't know the spell for reverse. And I am Megan, and thank you for listening to our exciting new episode where we are going to be discussing some very big news that broke today for Dungeons and Dragons fans. Spelljammer. <laughs> Spelljammer fans specifically, but Dungeons and Dragons fans in general might might find something enjoyable. There might be a little something for Dragonlands in there too, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First of all, that's it for tonight. Just me and Megan. This was kind of a quickly put together thing, but all the stuff coming out of D&D Direct, we wanted to get a podcast out there real quick. One thing I want to announce to everybody who is listening is that uh, Megan has been kind enough to take on the role of producer for the Dragonlance Canticle. So please welcome her. Chuck had previously kind of run the show and um, we had uh, Nathan Skasson editing and he was kind enough to help us out there. Chuck is focusing now on writing adventures with the Champions of Krenn stuff and I'm excited. There's just a nice old school vibe about it. Chuck's enthused, Megan's enthused, and I'm just sitting back, staying out of the way so I don't goof anybody up. (laughs) And I'm very happy to be here, and I am very excited that you offered me the chance to step in as producer. I have been podcasting for almost two years now. I have my own separate podcast that I've been working on up until this point and occasionally appearing on the Canticle as a guest host. But this is a great honor and a great privilege to me. And I'm so happy to be here working with all of you. And I'm so happy that I get to provide my perspectives on the greater Dragonlance world. Yeah, and there there's so many things that I've wanted to do with the podcast and there's just not enough hours in the day and especially when there's other projects and so megan's going to be able to get things going a little better we're going to try to be a little bit more regular and i I think it's going to be good it should be fun well by the time anybody is hearing this they should have already heard the heroes of kern episode which i'm going to be uploading and we're going to have our dragons of spring dawning episode released very shortly so by about a week from now there will be three new episodes for everyone to enjoy Fantastic. Fantastic. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Uh, So what are we talking about tonight, Megan? Well, we've known for some time that Wizards was planning to release three classic settings for 5th edition. And after the release of Ravenloft last year, we were all hoping and praying that Dragonlance might be one of the other two. The recent Unearthed Arcana, including Heroes of Kryn, have strongly hinted at both Dragonlance and Spelljammer coming to 5th edition. And at last, as of today, that speculation has been confirmed. A lot of the details are still hazy, but we know for certain that each setting will be released as a box set containing at least one adventure. In the case of Dragonlance, we'll also be getting a brand new tactical board game. And in the case of Spelljammer, we'll be getting a dedicated setting guide and monster manual as well. Um, I, I know you mentioned a box set. I kind of wonder if that's going to be a book and then the uh, the war game now that you're saying it to me i'm thinking maybe he's right a package set i i mean maybe it's a package set of some sort i kind of get the feeling it's two different products but we'll see 
yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to reread the articles and see if I can deduce one way or the other. I assumed that they would be packaged together, but now that I think about it, you could be entirely right. Yeah, I, I'm i excited for both. You know, I first and foremost, I'm a Dragonlance fan, but I do like other settings. And, you know, especially when they have a different vibe than Dragonlance and you can kind of stretch your creative tendrils in different directions and you know Spelljammer. i remember when i first uh came across that back in second edition i was at this bookstore and i see that there and i'm just my mouth's wide open i'm looking at this and i landed up buying the box set and just devouring it yeah i became an instant fan and i've done a little work for beyond the moons which is the uh big Spelljammer site I, I even wrote a guide about crin space, combining two of my favorite things, uh, which is Dragonlance and Spelljammer, and that's up on the Nexus. It's kind of a love letter to SJR7 crin space, written by Dragonlance author Gene Raby. Just kind of a way to help expand it and add some new things, and hopefully fun for everybody. So the first thing that I wanted to discuss was the trailer that was released on YouTube. It is a short video. It's about a minute long. It's sort of a teaser trailer, but it shows three characters engaged in in some kind of battle. It's narrated by uh, Shovei Agdashlu, who is a Iranian actress. If you ever watched the show The Expanse, you might recognize her from that. And she's voicing a character that on her Twitter she called Leo which appears to be like a, a knight-type character in the trailer. Not sure if Leo is male or female, non-binary, I suppose it doesn't really matter um, in the trailer, but Leo is with two companions, uh, two elven women, it appears, who are recovering from some sort of battle. They're patching themselves up, taking a breather. So I think one's a kinder. Oh, really? Do you think that? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh, the little I'm gonna one, I'm going to have to look at it again. I didn't even notice. I'm guessing the main character here is um, a Knight of Salamnia. The, the armor kind of looks Salamnic, but it, it's it's hard to tell. Then uh, one of the other characters is a uh, elven um, wizard of the Red Robes. Or I'm sorry, now we have to say Mage of the Red Robes. I'm, that's going to take me a little getting used to there. This is a uh, black elf, which is a nice nod to diversity there. And then we also have what I think is a kinder. Uh, it does look very elvish, but the hair kind of is like up in a top knot. It actually rem- reminds me of um, East Asian culture in some ways with some of the art with that one. There's a couple little hair pieces that I, I don't know what you would call it, but it reminds me of that. That's interesting. I'm going to have to watch the trailer again and look more closely. I just thought they were both elves. But now that you said the K word, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> the K word. <laughs> well, if you if you think about the uh, playtest, what what did it have in there? It had Kinder, it had Mages of High Sorcery, and Knights of Salamnia. And that's exactly what we see here, I believe. The only thing that's missing from the stereotypical adventuring party is a cleric. And if this is a time when clerics haven't returned to the world yet, that may be why. So after we get this brief introduction, we get to see some flashes of battle scenes, great epic battles, Lord of the Rings style battles. It appears to be battles between different groups of humanoids. I didn't see strictly just draconians on the bad guy side. I saw humans look like humans in, in red armor, like a red dragon scale armor. So that looked pretty cool. Presumably red dragon army there. Yeah, it, it's interesting because there are draconians there, but they're red. 
And if I had to take a guess, and I, I will say this with all due respect, is that I'm betting that Watsi is not aware of Noble Draconians. So I'm not quite certain what their plan is for the Red Draconians here. I don't either. We'll just have to see once the game is actually released or if they release some more information on the setting. But we definitely see a full-on red dragon. With the rider. Yeah, a red dragon with a rider. So it looks like red dragons are going to feature, hopefully prominently, in the the actual battle, which is very much in keeping with the spirit of Dragonlance, when dragons take an active role in the affairs of mortals, especially in warfare. Yeah, the uh, it, it was interesting. That dragon comes out, and I hear the sound it makes, and I'm instantly brought back to my childhood watching the old Godzilla movies, you know, but, uh, it, it, the, uh, knight character, uh, she holds up a shield to block the dragon's breath weapon. And I'm here thinking to myself, you know, that shield has to be magic because otherwise that dragon's breath weapon is just going to melt that shield. <laughs> well, a second edition dragon's breath weapon would have, I'm not sure about a fifth edition dragon. Yeah. that That's one of those things. It, it's a cool look. And I'm probably thinking about this a little, too much here so we'll go with the cool hollywood factor. that's what podcasts are for for fans to overthink things and discuss them with each other and other fans to listen to <laughs> that's what the podcast industry is based on and now i know <laughs> so at the end of the trailer we get a glimpse of our three heroes standing on the edge of a cliff looking over a vast battle scene which looks like uh, an army arrayed for battle stretching to the horizon and up in the air above this army is a uh, returning Dragonlance favorite, a flying citadel, which harkened back to the famous painting by Keith Parkinson. Yes, and dragons flying all around it. You know, there's clouds that look like, uh, what was there lightning, I think? And, and the narration there is really interesting because, uh, the voice is, uh, that of a, of a, um, kind of a grizzled old veteran is the vibe I got. And it's like, we don't do this for victory or king or, you know, whatever else is said. And at the end, it said, we do it for each other. And I'm like, bam, that right there, that is, that harkens back to Dragons of Summer Flame. It harkens back to the Legion of Steel. That was a very Dragonlance thing to put in there. That's the spirit of Dragonlance. We talked about that in a previous episode. The spirit of Dragonlance is friendship and dedication to one another, despite all odds. Dragonlance is a tale of friendship and love set against the backdrop of war. That's when it's at its best. You know, my, my favorite Dragonlance tales are those where you have these adventurers who are like family. They're companions, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's That's the heart and soul of Dragonlance. But let's talk about what we're actually going to be getting when this product is released. We don't have a actual release date. It's sometime at the end of 2022 or in the later half of 2022. But we know that the Dragonlance release is going to include an adventure called Shadow of the Dragon Queen and a tactical board game called Warriors of Kryn. And these two are intended to work together, but also separately. So that that's very interesting because if we look at the history of Dragonlance products, I think if I'm re 
remembering this right, it dates back to DL-11, Dragons of Glory, which is kind of a break in the um, story, and it presented the whole battles of the War of the Lands. Uh, this was a product written by Tracy Hickman and Douglas Niles. So, you know, that talked about the battles during the War of the Lands, and then there was also the Dragonlance board game years ago, uh, which is a great collector's item if you can find it. So that that featured these little dragon miniature, miniatures flying around and everything. Um, I've, not, I've not played it myself, so I can't speak to the rules or play or anything. But I think a tactical battle game makes sense. But imagine playing a game where um, you have these miniatures that are dragons and you're having these dragon battles. You know, I think that would be very cool. And from what I've read, and I think it was on Enworld um, or Enworld, however they pronounce it, um, they mentioned that there was a narrative element to it too. So I'm kind of curious what that's about. It's described that you'll be able to play the adventure with your characters and then when your characters are involved with a battle or there's a battle scene within the adventure, you can jump over to this board game and kind of act out the battle using the miniatures on the board. And it's described as a European style board game to play out massive military battles. So I'm thinking, um, oh, cool. I'm thinking like Warhammer. That's what those words make me think of. One of the creators of the mm-hmm. game itself is Stephen Baker, who um, designed Battlemasters, which is another game in that kind of style like Warhammer. So I think that's what they're going for. But the idea is that your character can kind of move in and out. So you can have your character in the theater of the mind game, and then they move over into this tactical board game. And then once the battle is over, then they move back out. So in theory, you should be able to weave in and out of the board game and the adventure. Yeah, as I as I understand it, you don't, need one to play the other uh but if you have them both it makes for a better experience and you know i i don't know about anyone else but i i'm anxious to get both of these i, I first of all new Dragonlance product i got to support it and that's one of the things we try to do here on the nexus is to support official Dragonlance products as they come out you know and and as well we also try to do our own thing on the site and support the works of fans. You know, we've seen a lot of activity in the community lately. And just a shout out to the folks at Echoes of Kryn and um, to Adam at um, Dragonlance Saga. Um, Saga? Saga? However you pronounce it. Adam's been putting out content like crazy lately, and I'm kind of questioning whether he's actually sleeping or not so i'm a little concerned about him there but now he's he's a great guy i you know we had a chance to be guests on a show recently and he was just a fantastic host we had a great time and so i would encourage everyone to check out his youtube channel a couple things also jumped out at me about this new dragonlance product one is a quote from Ray Winninger, who's uh, described as the executive producer for Dungeons and Dragons. He describes the game as lore light, the role playing game aspect of this box set as lore light, which suggests to me that this is going to be almost strictly an adventure without the sort of setting guide that you that we got in second edition or third edition. And also, it's described as a brand new setting but set during the War of the Lance in an entirely new story. 
in the setting is described as, and this is going to sound strange since you're hearing me say it and not watching me type it, but the setting is described as Ancelon, spelt A-N-C-E-L-O-N, as opposed to the traditional A-N-S-A-L-O-N. So what does that mean? Does that mean there's another continent somewhere on Kryn that has the exact, that is a, a homophone for Ancelon? Or does that mean that they are going to remake Ancelon into this new setting? Oh, wow. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. Um, one thing I was reading was kind of this idea that there is Dragonlance as we've known it, uh, which is being called classic Dragonlance. And I think that harkens back especially to um, the novels that came out around the War of the Lance era, um, you know, the old TSR days. Uh, you know, it's that quote they said a while back that every iteration of a setting or product or whatnot has its own continuity. So there's the novel continuity, and then there's going to be a game continuity. And it almost reminds me of Star Wars, where they took everything that happened before and, and called it Legends. You know, everything after is going to be its own thing. I did not see the change in spelling. I don't know if that was on purpose or just a really bad typo. That's entirely possible. I um, wondered that, too. Who knows? You know, spell check does strange things, but uh, I I don't know. I I do think they're... Just basically going to say, okay, look, you know, we appreciate Weiss and Hickman and all they've done. And obviously the setting has meant a lot to them and the other Dragonlance authors and creators over the years. But in the end, we own Dragonlance and we're going to do our thing with it. And so we're making this divide here. I think that Dragonlance fans listening to this episode should prepare themselves for this new setting to be very unlike of what we've experienced in the past. I think that they are going to take the lore that we've had, strip it down to its essentials, tweak it and add what they need to in order to make it fit with this new vision. But I think it's going to be a lot different. And I think that people should embrace that difference while also remembering what they loved about the classic Dragonlance. Yeah, well, you can mix and match, exactly. too. And, you know, like, I know for me, I'm, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this official content. I did like some of the things I saw out of the Unearth Arcana, not Kinder Aces, though. Can no. I can I interject um, here? Interject. So I also read in one of the articles that the Kender had been, quote, tweaked based on the results of the survey. So I don't know what that means, but hopefully that means this controversial Kender Aces has been reworked into something the fans appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I know they said it was generally favorable, but that was tweaked. And I think that's so that does show that our feedback has uh, helped to make some change. Uh, I We just don't know what that is yet. And hopefully it's for the positive. I, I, I do think that we don't have to say, oh, we got to do one or the other. You know, I, I think people draw lines too much. It's like, oh, my Dragonlance is first edition or second edition, and I can't do anything else, you know. And, you know, I've I've been playing since the early 90s. Uh, I got a late start compared to a lot of people and started playing uh, when I was in college back in 91. 
Yeah, I remember a lot of that stuff from Dragonlance Adventures and Tales of the Lance, and we played the heck out of Tales of the Lance. My my map uh, was falling apart. We used it so much. I have um, that map hanging on my wall. You were smarter than me. I should have just done that. Probably would have saved my map. <laughs> <laughs> I got another one, though. Um, but at the same time, I've been through the third edition era, and I, I call that the golden era of Dragonlance gaming. It what we did there, you know, what Margaret Weiss Productions did, and all of us on the Whitestone Council who helped out, we produced something really amazing. And I, I'm very, very proud of that. And here we are two editions later, and the Whitestone Council still producing content. And, I, you know, I don't want people to get the idea that we're competing with Wizards of the Coast. Absolutely not. We appreciate what they've done, that they, they're keeping Dragonlance alive. And this will eventually lead to Dragonlance opening up on DM Skilled. We're going to take advantage of that i'm saying some things now that we've kind of kept close to the best um but basically once we can we're going to start putting out content on dm skilled and you're going to see a lot of stuff coming from us adventures there i think we've mentioned the bestiary and there's going to be more as time goes on and this is all a labor of love by Dragonlance fans for Dragonlance fans. It's going to be something that you can take your rules from, you know, the adventure coming out, which I'm assuming will have a chapter just for some rule stuff. Or if you want to use an alternative, you know, check out our own Tasselhoff's pouches of everything. We got rules there and we, I'm certain we'll be covering some stuff in there that just didn't get covered in the adventure coming out. And I, I think there's going to be a good synergy. I, I, I want folks to say Dragonlance lives. I think the fact that this is considered to be a lore light game means that there is going to be the flexibility to take what's in the fifth edition, official fifth edition adventure and take it and put it into your wider Dragonlance campaign without that conflict. Hopefully that's the, that's what I'm hoping for. One of the big criticisms of Dragonlance in the past is, you know, people felt like they couldn't game in a certain era, you know, like in the War of the Lance era because of the influence of the companions. And so I think this kind of frees things up to allow players to do whatever they want. I think that Watsi also made a, a really wise decision and one that I was hoping personally that they would make, which is to really center this Dragonlance campaign, this Dragonlance adventure on the war as a, as a war story, basically. Because if you look at something like Forgotten Realms, you've got this big open world for people to play in. Well, what's really the difference between Forgotten Realms as a big open world to play in and Dragonlance as a big open world to play in? The big difference is this War of the Lance as this seminal event. So by playing out this war, you're really getting the full Dragonlance experience. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I I was just thinking about that. One of the criticisms of Dragonlance is that Dragonlance, the Forgotten Realms, and not just Dragonlance here, but Dragonlance, the Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, and Mistara. What's the difference between them? Really, not much. And I would add Exandria to that list as well. Um, you know, all of them are quote-unquote, generic D&D settings. But some of them have different themes to set them apart. The Realms is probably the most 
generic and widely known. But Stara is very similar, being the world of basic D&D back in the day. You know, Dragonlance is the setting of war, and focusing on that, I think, helps to set it apart and gives it its own little edge. And Greyhawk, it was Gygax's baby. It was a sandbox setting and something that grew, and it's the setting of dungeons and classic D&D. So, you know, they all have their vibe and their place, and I appreciate that Watsy is looking at these different settings and saying, hey, you know, what's what's their vibe? What's their shtick? And speaking of shtick, let's hop over to Spelljammer. Yay! That's a shtick and a half. <laughs> so we also got a new trailer for the Spelljammer box set. This box set is going to contain three books. There is a book that's called The Astral Adventurer's Guide, which is advertised as being for players and for DMs. So this is kind of your campaign setting for the wild space setting. Also a book called Boo's Astral Menagerie, which is a book dedicated for space monsters. And finally, an adventure book called Light of Xaraxis, an adventure designed to take characters from level five to level eight. And the trailer is pretty cute. It involves uh, a captain of a spell jammer, a flying ship, a ship flying through space with a sea shanty type song in the background. And he's arriving home to his parents and his pet hamster when suddenly he finds a ship in a bottle floating or uh, a message in a bottle floating out in space that breaks open and reveals a treasure map. So he whips the ship around and heads off in search of adventure. And we get some quick flashes of space battles space whales, and even a nautiloid ship, which is the infamous ship of the Mind Flayers, I believe. Spelljammer is great because it is space fantasy. There is no tech here at all. Flying through space is done through a magical device called the Spelljammer Helm. Basically, you sit in a magical chair and can move your ship around. And we, we've seen that recently, I um, uh, believe in... Um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage had kind of a nod towards that. And I think as well, um, the uh, Icewind Dale adventure recently had a little bit about that too. So Spelljammer was originally conceived, and, and this is kind of the brainchild of Jeff Grubb, Dragonlance veteran, uh, the guy who came up with the Dragonlance gods, the guy who came up with Tinker Gnomes. He, he came up with Spelljammer. Basically, what he's done is uh, set it up to where it it bases the cosmology of the setting around kind of an ancient view of how the universe worked that we here on Earth used to have. The idea being that each solar system is contained within a crystal sphere, and the crystal sphere floats upon this uh, ocean called the Phlogiston. Um, which is highly flammable, so don't ever cast fireball. Well, according out there. to the new rules, it's not um, going to be flammable anymore. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some tweaks. One of the tweaks that I've seen is that instead of going through space per se, you're going through the astral plane. You know, the astral sea. It says that spelljammers can cross the oceans of wild space, ply the silvery void known as the Astral Sea, and hop between worlds of the D&D multiverse. You know, that is the heart and soul of Spelljammer, is being able to start at Greyhawk, go to Kryn, go to Eberron, you know, anywhere except for Dark Sun and Ravenloft. I'm certain there's probably a uh, Domain of Dread out there somewhere with a 
haunted spelljammer ship. So, um, there isn't there that be that's a fantastic idea. I I think it'd be great, you know, flying Dutchman. There's one place you can't go with a spell jammer that you didn't mention. What's that? That's Sigil, the City of Doors, the setting. Oh, yeah, that's right. As somebody who never played Spelljammer, but as somebody who loved Planescape, I have to say I'm a tiny bit disappointed. I don't have anything against Spelljammer, and I'm happy for the Spelljammer fans who will get to play in this world. But I am a little bit sad that we're not going to get to see Sigil and the Lady of Pain in 5th edition. Yet. Yet. Maybe in 5.5. I do have the feeling that Wizards is going to get around to all the settings eventually. Uh, and like we've been seeing with prior um, takes on settings is that you're going to get like one book or one box set or whatever. In the case of Spelljammer, it's actually a slipcase box, um, kind of like with the collector's books we've seen recently. So it's going to have the three books in there and a DM screen, which is awesome. And both the regular and alternate cover, which will be available at your friendly local gaming store. They're both amazing looking. I, I'm just super, super happy with them. Oh, oh, and one other thing with Spelljammer that's cool. Uh, WizKids is doing miniatures for them. Oh, yeah. I don't know much about miniatures. Some of them are going to be characters. Uh, some are going to be the ships, which is cool because, you know, I, I remember back in the second edition days, you'd, you'd have the ship cards and all the box sets had more ships which was awesome uh back in those days and yeah i i thought that was really cool back then and here we are now with what WizKids is doing and it just blows that out of the water oh plus an astral dreadnought uh if you don't know what that is look at the first and i think the third edition manual of the planes it's right on the cover there it's fan favorite monster and they're making a miniature of him and he looks like a one-eyed very angry job of the hut well that's somebody i would not want to meet especially out in space <laughs> but before we wrap up i think i have one other big announcement that i don't think that you know because we didn't talk about it beforehand oh and by big announcement i'm being very sarcastic but the announcement okay. the announcement is that the Dungeons and Dragons movie officially has a title. It is now Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> so that's the other that's yeah. the other piece of news for the day, way down at the bottom. Yeah, I saw that and yeah, I looked at the backdrop there. I'm like, is that the backdrop from the movies from the early 2000s yeah i heard that and it's like well it's the uh, the forgotten realms and the sword coast and i'm like of course it is and i couldn't care less about this movie i hope it's good if it's not it's not going to bother me yeah i'm not thrilled and excited about it but i think i'm gonna hold judgment until i see a trailer yeah that makes sense probably the best way to do it of course the trailer is going to make it look great and then you're going to see it and be disappointed of course <laughs> you know Anymore, why go see a movie? You can just watch the trailer and get the basic yeah, gist so of it. Much more convenient. Just watch the trailer on your phone and save yourself the <laughs> $10. There you go. All right. Do you have anything else before we say goodbye, Trampus? That's about it. If you get a chance to watch the video to the D&D Direct announcement they had earlier today, please do so. They had uh, several other things. Um, um that they mentioned uh but the big the two big things are Spelljammer and dragonlance and uh we're excited to see settings 
getting a little love, especially our favorite setting, and hope to see it continue. Hopefully, we are at the beginning of a bright new era for Dragonlance fans, Spelljammer fans as well. And I just want to remind everybody before we say goodbye here, please visit us on DragonlanceNexus.com. Follow us on Twitter at DLNexus. Follow us on Twitch and on YouTube at Dragonlance Nexus, and you can see all of the projects that we're working on. You, you can get free content. You can subscribe to our Patreon if you want to support us. There's tons of things to do and tons of cool stuff. So please look for the show notes and you'll find the links that you need. Well, with that, I think we will bid you all adieu. Have a good night. Long live the Lance. Good night, everybody.